Well, good morning, Westridge. How are you? Good to see everybody, and uh, we're excited uh, about our series today. If you're new with us, special welcome. We're glad you chose to worship with us and uh, excited for all God that's going to speak to us this morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, if you got your Bibles, just wave them in the air like you just don't care, but you do care, right? So we got these. This is the most important book we got, so uh, make sure you bring those. I encourage you. I love the Bible apps too, but uh, I encourage you to bring your Bibles each week. Uh, there's just so many things the Lord speaks and you can jot down, so uh, bring a hard copy is like what I like to say. So I know that's not popular in our day and age, but there's nothing like the written Word of God, so if you bring that with you, that'd be great. Uh, Luke chapter 16, now, that's the only passage we're going to be in today. We'll look at First Timothy, a passage there, but Luke 16 is going to be our primary focus for today's message, so I know that's a little bit new or different today, and, uh, but we're, we're excited about this Blessed Life series. If you're with us, uh, if you're new with us, this is, we're in the middle of our series. This is week four. Uh, you can catch up on all of our series online. Uh, you can stream them uh, or you can download them, whatever you like, but you can catch up with our series there. But you'll be able to jump on today. You'll, you'll catch on there. Uh, they're not progressive in a sense. You can jump on today and you're going to hear a great message about breaking the spirit of mammon. How many of you guys have ever heard the word mammon before? Yeah? What does mammon mean? No, it doesn't mean money, but we'll talk about that. That's why we're here. All right, there we go. Uh, there we go. Today's message is called Breaking the Spirit of Mammon, and uh, we're going to talk about that through Luke 16. Actually, mammon's used in the Bible uh, very, very seldomly. It's, it's used four times in the Bible, but three of them Jesus spoke, and that's what we're going to focus in on today. Three times Jesus spoke about mammon, and uh, we'll look at those passages in Luke 16. And, uh, but let's read the, read the passages first, and then we'll, we'll talk about what mammon is. First, uh, starting in verse 9 of Luke 16, says this, And I say to you, Jesus speaking, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He was faithful, and what is least is, is faithful also in much. And he was unjust, and what is least is also unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you the, true, the trust, the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. All right, so uh, we're going to look at uh, really that passage where Jesus said you can't serve God or mammon. Notice it says you're serving, uh, so you can't serve money. Uh, but you, you know, anytime there, there's really, uh, really two perspectives here. There's serve God or you serve mammon. So what I want you to see today is mammon is a spirit. It's not, uh, now it has to do with, you know, your, your riches. So the word mammon actually means riches. It comes from an Aramaic word that means riches. Uh, it came out of, um, really it's a, it was a word used by the Syrian gods. There was the god of mammon and that's the god of riches. And so actually if you go home today, have some fun with it, you can do a Google search when you get home, not right now, you can do a Google search, you type in mammon. It's interesting what you find. You're going to find people bowing down to a statue and, and crying out to a statue because the god of, of mammon uh, was a false god that the Syrians had made. Uh, now, originally, uh, so it goes even further back, so it's an Aramaic word that means riches, but there, uh, it's also a, a god of the Syrians. Uh, but you can go all the way back to the uh, Tower of Babel. It actually comes from Babylon. And so if you know anything about Babylon, the word Babylon, if you slow it down, it means Babel, 
on. Some of you are good at that. Babbling on, right? Some of you are really good at that. But, no, but babbling on means, actually it means confusion. That's what babble means. And when you add the word uh, on to it, it means that you're sowing in confusion or you're actually, uh, you know, you're measuring or you're weaving confusion into your life. And so that's really what Babylon means, is that you're sowing in confusion. And that's what the Tower of Babel was all about, if you remember. Uh, so really, when you look at mammon, this is, this is a confusion of an area. This is sowing in confusion in your life. And when you look at your riches or, or the things uh, in your life, uh, it's a confusion of those things. And really, the primary purpose of the spirit of mammon is to get you to trust anything but God is to get you to trust anything but God. So if you know anything about the, the uh, Tower of Babel, uh, that's what happened. The Tower of Babel was, is in the city of Babylon, but it's where man tried to, uh, basically said they don't need God, that they can, they can be God themselves. And they built this huge tower of Babel, and the Lord confused their languages, uh, but they were, uh, they were depending on themselves. They were just basically saying, we don't need God. And that's what happened in Babylon, and that's where the Tower of Babel, or uh, if we look at the word mammon, uh, the confusion of, of things, the confusion of our riches, the confusion of understanding why you have what you have. And so today, that's what I want to look at. But mammon is really, like I said, it's a spirit, but mammon is the spirit of the world. It's a spirit that rests on money that's not submitted to God. So it's interesting. We're going to talk about uh, your things or your riches or your money today, but we're going to look at it from a different perspective. Um, but mammon itself, it's a spirit that rests on your money. Now, you're, everything you have is either blessed by one or two spirits. Now, Jesus is very clear, isn't he? He says you, can only serve, you can't serve God and mammon. You're going to either love one or despise the other. He's, he's pretty black and white, right? There's no gray there. I'm so thankful he's very blunt when he speaks. Um, so you're either going to love one, so you either love God, or you're going to love money and you're going to despise God. And you're going to see today that that's, that's really what happens with the spirit of mammon. The spirit of mammon is there to confuse you. It's the spirit of the world. And ultimately, uh, you know, when we look at your riches and your things, there's either the spirit of God on it, there's either the, the Lord's spirit and where he's blessing and using it and using it for his kingdom, or there's uh, the spirit of mammon on your on your things where uh, it's not being used for kingdom. In fact, uh, the spirit of mammon is trying to get you to be, to deceive you to think that you don't need God because you have all of these things. That you don't need God. That if you have, uh, you know, and you're gonna see today, maybe you can relate to a lot of things. You say things like, well, if I just had enough money, I would be maybe happy. Maybe my marriage would be better. Maybe, you know, you say all of these things. But, you know, and the reality is, the reality of life is, is uh, and maybe you don't realize is God does give you that increase or you do begin to have those things or the money that you desire. And what do you say? Well, if I just had a little bit more, right? This is what we do. This is this deception. This is the spirit of mammon because uh, we're focusing on the wrong things. And all of us, I think every one of us in this room, uh, I know myself included, have been deceived. We bought into this spirit of mammon. And so uh, let me just share a few things, and maybe, you, maybe you'll be able to uh, relate to it. But uh, God's money, uh, you know, like I said, God, there's either God's spirit or there's a spirit of, of uh, mammon on it. When we talked about tithing in the last few weeks, uh, that's really the reality, right? Is when we tithe, this is what God says. When you bring your tithe, that I protect and I stand, I protect your resources, I protect all of those things, and I stand against the devourer. So there's the spirit of mammon, the devourer, that's trying to devour your things and all of these things that God's given. He's trying to devour them. But when we tithe, here's, here's what we're doing. It's the spirit of God is standing on our behalf, resisting 
the devourer, resisting. And it really, not just resisting for your thing's sake, but also resisting greed and pride and arrogance in us. Because ultimately, the spirit of mammon, that's, that's what it is. Just like at Babel, the spirit of mammon is all about arrogance and pride, that we don't need God, that we can do things without him. And we've all bought into that lie. It's interesting when Jesus said, you, you can't serve God and mammon. He's talking about the spirit of mammon. He's not talking about uh, money necessarily. Now, obviously, the spirit of mammon wants you to focus on your things. And if you have enough things, then you can, just, you can be your own God yourself. Uh, but God says you can't do that. Remember, uh, last week, I, we talked about this was probably the most important message in the whole series. It's actually the most important life message. Seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he takes care of the rest. See, God's principles always put me first. Make sure that I'm first. It doesn't matter in what principle, in what area of your life, your marriage, your kids, your finances, your, your time, your energy, your resources, your gifts, your talents. Make sure that you're seeking, because God made it all. He gave you the gifts. He gave you the talents. He gave you the earth that we live in, the trees that we see, the materials that are in the ground. He gave you all of that. So seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and he'll take care of, and Matthew 6 is about all these things that we worry about that we shouldn't worry about, and God will take care of all those worries that you have. But, uh, but again, Jesus is saying you can't serve God and mammon because mammon is constantly going to tell you you need more. Mammon is constantly going to tell you you don't need God. If you just had this or you just had that, you don't need God. You just, you just need more stuff. And, you know, that's one of the things that we hear maybe in the churches today is this prosperity message. And, you know, I just want to encourage you, look, God does prosper his people. So I'm not against prosperity. Prosperity is important. That's who God is. He prospers us. He's given us abundant life. But our sole focus can't be on God and our worship can't be on I need all of these things. Because I'm a believer, I deserve all these things. I'm entitled to all these things because that is the spirit of mammon. Just because we're believers doesn't mean we deserve or we're entitled to all these things, but that's what the prosperity message is teaching. And watch this, because Jesus says you'll either serve God or you'll serve mammon if, if the prosperity message is true. And God is, you, you must have all these things because you're a believer. You deserve and you're entitled to all these things. What happens when you take them all away? What happens when they get taken all away? What do you do? You despise God. We have to be careful where our source is, where our worship is. Our worship is either on God, and look, God is going to bless you. There's going to be increase. There's going to be things that happen in your life, but let's give credit where credit is due, and it's for him. We're not entitled to anything. We're so blessed by his grace that we've been saved. We... We didn't deserve the salvation. We didn't deserve the grace, but God, but Jesus. See, that puts the focus back on who made it all happen, and that's him. So yes, God will prosper you, but it's not about the materialism. It's not about the things. It's not about the stuff. But that's what the spirit of mammon will constantly, constantly tell you. Because mammon tries to, first of all, take God's place. But here's another thing that mammon does, and I don't know if you realize this, but... Um, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This has been his plan. So the spirit of mammon comes from the enemy himself. But here's what he, mammon uh, would say to you. And this is why I tell you it's a spirit. Because mammon, or the enemy, would tell you, well, if you had what I want to give you, that you'd have security, identity, significance, independence, power, freedom. If you just had more money you would be significant. If you had more money, you'd be accepted by people. If you had more money, you'd have identity. You'd be somebody. 
It's a lie. There's a lot, of, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of people that have a lot of money that aren't happy. There's a lot of people that are focused on the spirit of mammon that are miserable. And let's, let's just be abundantly clear because Jesus teaches it. Let's, we are his disciples. You're in his church. I just want to be a very clear and abundant to you and a very, uh, just give you the truth. Only Jesus gives salvation. Only Jesus gives identity. Only Jesus gives security. I don't care how much money you have. You cannot buy salvation. You cannot buy your, your unforgiveness or forgiveness. You cannot buy grace. You cannot buy mercy. It's not for sale. Only God gives freedom. Only God gives salvation. Only God gives grace. But the spirit of mammon is constantly trying to replace God. It's always telling you. Do you know that mammon talks to you? Oh, you know it does. You know it does. It's on TV all the time. You don't realize how much the spirit of mammon is on commercials. A very popular one is the nerd wallet. It's funny, but now look at it through Jesus' eyes. You either love God or you love mammon. The nerd wallet says, do you need a credit card? Oh, yeah. Is your credit card working for you? No, it's not. They're lying to you. Your credit card is not working for you. It's actually working against you. Why do you think they made the commercial? I understand you get rewards and you get things like that, but... At the end of the day, they're banking on you not making your payment. Here's another one, right? There's another one that's out on a commercial a lot. Uh, travel. Travel. Just keep traveling and you'll be happy. Now, you may be happy for a moment, but you're not going to get a lifetime of happiness because you went there. Who cares how much it costs? Go, go, go. That's the spirit of mammon. If you just had enough, if you just went here, if you just did that, if you just had that, if you just had this kind of car, if you had this kind of house, then you would be somebody. It's a lie. That's the spirit of mammon. It's always talking to us, isn't it? It's interesting. It's always looking for servants. That's why Jesus said you can't serve God or mammon. It's always looking for someone to serve. Here's an interesting fact. I don't know if you realize this, but go home and uh, read Revelation and then come back and see me because we'll have to talk about it and go through those things because it's kind of confusing unless you've really studied it. But Revelation says this, that there's going to be a time where the Antichrist, the enemy himself, is going to come and he's going to, put a, he's going to require the world to put a mark of the beast on each one of us. Now, the enemy, listen to this, for destruction and stealing and killing and destroying, you would think he's not using like nuclear warfare, not nuclear tactics. He's not using global warming, all that's popular to talk about right now. He's not using any of those things. What is he doing? What is he doing? He's saying that all of us have to receive the mark of the beast and that is going to allow you to what? Buy and sell. Oh my goodness, the spirit of mammon. Control and serve. The only way you're going to be able to worship the beast or the Antichrist is through his mark so he can control what you buy and sell. So ultimately, you're worshiping and serving him through your mammon, through a lie, through deception. It's powerful. Even the enemy himself says, this is how I'm going to rule someday. Out of all of the powerful resources he could have used, he uses the spirit of mammon. Here's something else that uh, Mammon says, if you just had a little bit more money, you'd be happy in your marriage. 
You could go here. If you, if you had a little bit more money, you could live here. You could go there. You could do whatever you wanted. Or here's the biggest lie. And listen, uh, if any of these things are hitting you like they hit me at one time, listen, understand we've all been deceived by the spirit of man, and all of us have. Every one of us. We've all bought the lie. How's it go? Hook, line, and sinker, right? We've all bought it. The big lie is this. If you had more money, you could help more people. And I don't say this to be mean, because I understand what your heart's saying. Your heart is probably saying it in the right way. But you know how many people have gotten more money and they didn't help any more people? And here's the reality. Here's where the big lie is. If I had more money, I'd help more people. Listen, money doesn't help people. Only God helps people. I understand that money can relieve things and make things easier, but at the end of the day, it's God who saves. It's God that heals. It's God that redeems. It's God that sets free. No amount of money can do that. But the heart is, if I had more money, I'll help more people. I think the heart you're saying is, is if I had more money, I would look to God first. Now look to God first now. Make sure that our purpose and our priority is right. And watch and see that God, as you're a good steward, will be faithful and give you more. That's the scripture. Not if, then. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And be faithful always. And God will bless you. Look, we don't, we don't do hypotheticals. God, if you give me this, and I understand, I did this in my walk too. When we're growing and we're maturing, I understand, and God understands, and he's very graceful through that process. If, God, you do this, then I'll do that. Most of the time, that doesn't work, does it? Because God does his part all the time, but we don't do the if part very well on our side. And again, that's the spirit of mammon. He wants to replace God with something else. And you're, you can't replace God. You can't have a Tower of Babel moment. You've got to realize, God, I'm sorry. I've bought the lie of the spirit of mammon. How about this? How many times did Jesus do this? This is an interesting uh, this blew me away when I thought about it. Obviously, Jesus was on earth. I'm getting ready to go to Israel in two weeks. I'm, I'm excited to go see where he walked and where he was. But um, never, not one time ever, did Jesus walk around and say, you know, people came to him all the time. Jesus, come, my, my mother is sick. Jesus, come. Uh, you know, there's, there, or, or the lady that was, had an issue with blood, remember, was reaching out and you know, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. They were lame. They were blind. They were sick. They were, Jesus, help me. Not once did Jesus say, if you just had more money, I'd heal you. Not one time. Now I understand we live in the world. But Jesus said you can live in the world and not of the world. So I understand we all have a different measure and God has blessed us. But let's keep things a reality. It's God that blessed you. It's God that gave you all. This has been the theme forever. Remember, this is about him first. Let's understand, let's be thankful and grateful that God has blessed us. You have the talent, you have the gift. We have a planet that we live on that he made and said, look, be good stewards of it. Take care of it. Understand that I'm giving it to you for a time. You know, this window that we live in called earth, this time, this life that we have, and the scripture says it's a vapor. It seems like a long time, but compared to eternity, this is a very small amount of time that we have, and God is showing us how to keep our focus and our priorities. 
and our worship focused on him. And not be deceived because there is a great deceiver. There is a false prophet. There is somebody that's trying to take you away. And I'm telling you, the world that we live in, it's so muddied. The spirit of mammon is so muddied. In fact, we've almost, you know, we, we say God is first, but there's things in there that we, that we have just accepted. So what do we do? Is money evil? Let's talk about that. It's my second point. Is money evil? First Timothy uh, chapter six, or this is the only scripture I'll give you outside of Luke 16, says this. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. So is money evil? No, it's the love or the worship of the spirit of Bammon is the root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith and their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So it's the love of money. That's why Jesus said you can't serve God and mammon. You can't love mammon and love God at the same time. It's impossible. You can't serve two masters is the way Matthew 6 says it. Right? You can't serve two masters. So money's not evil. Actually, money's neutral. The things on earth are neutral. They're all made by God. But remember, they all have a spirit on them, either God's spirit or a demonic spirit. But they're all made by God. They're all his. He owns the hill and all the cattle and all the trees and the grass. It's all his. Luke 16.9 says this, so if money isn't evil, what's, what is the purpose? Why does God give us all of these things? Let's look at verse 9 of chapter 16. Now, I'm going to have to explain it because I didn't understand this passage the first time I read the Bible either, so I'll help you. Verse 9 says, and I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Now, Again, read Luke 16 when you get home. The context of this is there's a master and there's a servant. All right, so Jesus is given a parable, which is a common everyday teaching that we can all understand. So there's a business owner and an employee. And the business owner is telling the employee or the master is telling the servant, hey, I've heard that you've squandered your money or my money, the business money, and I'm gonna do an audit. I need you to bring the paperwork to me. And what do you think the servant's doing or the employee's doing? He's freaking out. He knows he's going to get fired. He knows he's going to lose his job. So before he does, he does something very deceptive, and he goes to all the borrowers and he says, hey, instead of you paying this much, I'm going to knock off this much. Instead of you paying this much, I'm going to knock off this much. I'll write it on your paperwork. It's signed and delivered. Before he gets fired and meets with the owner. Now, how many of you would have, when you sat down with the employee, Right away, he'd be gone. That's what happened. This is where we're reading Luke 16. This is the context of the passage. And the master or the, the employer says this, how much more do the worldly or those that are without God, do they deceive and they steal and they, they kill and they destroy because they've bought the spirit of mammon? And God's people were supposed to understand. But even though this employee was deceptful and and crossed look what did he do he automatically tried to do something to do good for people right he tried to hey you don't know this anymore you owe this you don't know this anymore so even as a deceitful person he knows that that's a good thing to do and the master says how much more are the sons of light or god's people to understand that your things and your resources are to bless people how much more 
So he says it like this in verse 9. I told you I'll explain it. It says, uh, verse 9 says, And I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon. So what is unrighteous mammon? What is unrighteous mammon? Unrighteous mammon is everything you have. Think about it. It's all, so mammon means riches. So unrighteous riches are riches that aren't eternal. They're things that aren't eternal. So how many out of all the things that you own, if you, if you could do an audit of your paperwork as we stand before the master, Jesus, the Lord, our, you know, in this parable, it's an employer and a, an employee. But if you could, I mean, if, we would be mind blown if, if we just went through and added up all, every time you got paid, everything you bought, all your resources, all your assets. If you added them up, I'm telling you, every one of us in here is a millionaire. Think about it. How many times have you gotten paid? How many times in your whole lifetime? And Jesus is saying, hey, bring it all here. Let's, I want to see what you've stewarded. I want to see how you've stewarded all that I gave you. Now, how much of everything you've accumulated your whole life from since you were born till today, all the things, think about all the toys you got when you were a kid, all the birthday gifts, all the paychecks you've received, everything you've done, everything you've accumulated your whole life, how much of it goes to heaven? Donut, unrighteous mammon. There you go. That's a good way to remember it right there. That is unrighteous mammon. And all, a lot of the times, this is what we do. God, it's all mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. No, it's all his. We've got to be careful not to hold it tight in our hands and have open hands. Now, most of us are saying, God, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. But the bank owns more than you do, so it's not really yours anyway. And Jesus owns it all anyway. So again, it's not ours. We're managers. We're stewards of the high king, of the Lord, of the creator of all things. We're stewards. And so here's what this verse is saying. He's saying, look, you can use unrighteous mammon to reach the true treasures. Now think about this. What are the true riches? What's, what's the true riches? People. People. People are the true riches. God didn't die for your stuff. Who did he die for? Every human being on the planet. Born before us, living today, and that will be born. He died for every single one of them. By the way, we all have sinned. We've all fallen short. None of us are any better than anybody else. And Jesus paid the price for every single one of us. And the most important riches or treasure there is on the planet is people. So money is not evil. Your things are not evil. They're neutral. They can be used for evil, and they can be used for the kingdom. And that's why God is saying, seek first the kingdom. That's why you can't worship God or mammon, but you can worship God, and God can take your mammon and bless and save people and bless people, help people. Look, it's not your stuff that's helping people, but sometimes the, the compassion or the generosity. You know, we don't realize when the Lord prompts us to do something, maybe you give somebody some money, maybe you buy them a lunch, or maybe you pray with somebody, or maybe you just sit down and hear their story. You don't realize that the generosity that you're showing that person could lead them to salvation. Someday in heaven, we're gonna stand before our king, and we're gonna tell him how we've stewarded everything we've done in our life. But also, what's amazing about the scripture, it says in verse nine, it says that, um, that they may receive you into everlasting home. How about this? What if you really blessed somebody? Maybe you gave them a car or something. 
And someday in heaven, you're standing there and they come up to you and they say, you know what? When you gave me that car, you don't realize the frustration and the struggle that I had. But when you gave me that car, I saw the Lord and I began to seek God. And someday in heaven, they're going to come up and say, thank you. Because of using your unrighteous mammon, I received Jesus into my life. And it changed me. And I was never the same from that day. This is what it's all about. So maybe you're asking, well, uh, my last point is, what should I do with my money? What should I do with my things? What should I do with my unrighteous mammon? Look, I understand. We all have a different measure. This is not about who has what, and you're better if you have this much, or you're worse if you have this. I love what Paul says. In fact, if you can remember this, anything you can remember today, I would pray that you remember this. Paul says, I've learned to be content with a little or a lot. So here's what he's saying. I've learned to be thankful and grateful whether I have pennies or I have thousands. It's the same God that's in all in all. You see, we're kind of a selfish and fleshy people. And sometimes we lose sight of the kingdom purpose and the kingdom plan that God's given to us. But the reality is that we're all stewards of everything that we have. And it's not about an amount. Sometimes we look at that and they say, well, they can give a lot more than me, so they're better than me. No, 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 no. Remember, there was a time when Jesus was at the temple and there was a lady that gave two mites. And the Bible says she gave more than anybody in that house. It wasn't about the amount. It was about the heart. It was about that lady was worshiping God and wasn't allowing mammon to affect her. Look, we live in a fallen world. We do live in a place where there's a lot of evil. We do live in a place where the spirit of mammon is screaming for your attention. But we can also worship a holy God and recognize, God, thank you. I'm so grateful for everything that you've given to me. And we hold things like this and not like this. And so, Lord, if you want me to transfer the things you gave me into someone else's account, I'm open to do that. And so here's, here's some scripture. I love the next few passages of this scripture. Verses, uh, let's read 10, 11, and 12. But we're, 16, 10 says this. So it's the same story. There's a master and a servant, same story. And it says this in verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least also is faithful in as much. He who is unjust in what is also unjust in much. So is that true? He who is faithful in much, God will give more. He's looking for good stewards. If you were here a few weeks ago, we did this illustration with three guys um, and I gave a hypothetical, like if I was to go away on a trip for a long time and Jen was by herself and I wanted to take care of her, uh, these three guys, I would give them all 10,000 each and, and I would just ask that you keep the 9,000 but give 1,000 to Jen so she's cared for. And two of the guys did and one didn't. So uh, the parable of this story that Jesus is saying is, look, I'm watching, uh, use these three guys as the, as the parallel. I'm watching these three guys and if two of them are being faithful and doing what I asked, and one is not, what would I do? Would I continue to give to the one that's being unfaithful? No, I would give more to those that are being faithful. And this is, this is, so what do I do with what God's given to me? Look, be faithful, be a good steward. Understand that these are just things that aren't eternal. They're not going to heaven with you, but we have a window of time right now that we live on earth 
And we're blessed to be saved by God and called his church. And we're to reach the lost and the hurting and dechurched. And you can use your unrighteous mammon. You can use your, your life, your skills, your things to reach people. Because that's where the true riches are. At the end of the day, when we stand in heaven, we're going to be standing with all the believers. We're going to be standing with those that have received Christ. And look, we have an amazing opportunity right now, right now. You think part of stewardship, we always think about money. But you know what? Relationships are stewardship too. Think about where you are in your life, your job, your vocation. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Think about those bus stop moments when you're standing there around the people. Think about those moments when you're at work. Who has God put around you? Yes, you are, he's stewarding you with those relationships too. Yes, you have a gift and a talent and you're blessing your employer and you're probably working hard and you're doing great things to bless and honor those that you work for. But you know what? You also probably have a few or a dozen or 20 or 30 people around you that are watching you. And they're watching they won't say it like this, but they're watching who you worship. Now, they would never say it like that. It's politically incorrect. But we're Jesus correct. They're watching how you worship. They're watching how you live. They're watching how you love people and honor people. So don't think about stewardship. The, the truest riches, the, the riches that go on for all for all eternity are those that are around you, your friends, your family, your coworkers. And God will use everything possible to reach them. Your life, your things, your time, your energy, your gifts, your talents. So what should I do with my things? Look, let God, he's the Lord. These are, he owns it all. So let's put things in perspective. Yes, he's given you a measure of whatever you have, but if he wants you to, Give something to somebody. Be okay with saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to give that person whatever it is. And I love that the gospel always, look, it's not your thing or the gift that you gave them that saved them. It's the relationship you have with Jesus that saved them. It's, it's walking them right to Christ, walking them into his presence. And when they meet Jesus, it, now he used your stuff as a tool, but ultimately, ultimately, it was because you were faithful and stewarding what you have and you led them to the presence of God and they met and received Jesus and they'll be saved for all eternity. And it started with the simple thing of unrighteous mammon, whatever it is that God told you to use. And let's not make it a big or a little thing. Look, everything's important. And it's all his. And we're good stewards and managers. Verse 11, uh, did I read that one already? No. Don't read it yet. Verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what's your own? Again, here's the master saying to the servant or the employer saying to the employee, saying, look, I, I've given you a budget. And it wasn't your budget. It wasn't your money. It was the, my money. I've given it to you and you've squandered it. If I can't trust you with that, how am I going to trust you with your own things? Look, it doesn't matter if it's your treasure or your riches or your stuff or it's your employer's stuff. You be faithful wherever you are. You be a good steward in wherever you are. And watch and see that 
That's where prosperity comes from, is when we honor God with our life, with our actions, with our choices, watch and see that God won't prosper you in that way, that we're putting God first. And we know that any time that we seek his kingdom and his righteousness, it's always a blessing not only to you, but everyone around you, everyone around you. Now let's close with verse 12. Watch this. Verse 11, sorry. We just read verse 12. Verse 11, therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you? Trust the true riches. Again, who's the true riches? People. People, people, people. And if we're going to sit here and say, God, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. Maybe you're there today. Look, I know I was there at one time. Maybe you're there today. You know the interesting dynamic between when I was there and when I, where I am today is the mind mentality doesn't care about other people. We only look at ourselves. Now, we may say we care about it, but our actions and our choices say it's all about me. But when we understand, God, you have blessed me, and I'm grateful, and I'm thankful, Lord, it's all yours, and I'm honoring you with what I have, and I'm trusting you with what I have then we're open to help other people. God, if you want me to transfer this car from my garage to their garage, praise be to you. Because you're the God when I have nothing and you're the God when I have a lot. And God, I trust you and I'm willing to do that. But the focus isn't on the thing. It's on the person. It's on the person that God is putting in your life the person that you're working with, the person that's part of your family, the person that's your neighbor. We start to look things at a kingdom perspective. God, what are you doing? Why do I work here? Why do I live in this neighborhood? Is there somebody that you're showing me? Absolutely, 100%, I'm telling you, God has placed you around people on purpose. And you know what? You were a little messed up before you met Jesus too. Let me say it another way. You were a lot messed up before you met Jesus. (laughs) And they may be a lot messed up too. But what's the greatest commandment? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Did he say mammon? No, he said love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love others as you love yourself. And to be honest, we are all a little messed up, but I'm so thankful that Jesus, and I pray, if you're not saved today, you can receive Jesus right now, right here in this place. You can start a new life. You can start a new focus. But those of you that have received Jesus, maybe you've been walking with God one day or 50 years, it doesn't matter. We seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and watch that he won't use you to bless a lot of people, to help a lot of people, to show the lost and the de-churched and the hurting, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's all for his glory. It's all for his kingdom. Stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. Lord, I thank you for this church. Lord, we pray right now in your presence. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And Lord, I, I know, Lord, I've been caught up in the deception of the spirit of mammon. And I remember saying, I'm sorry. And God, I would say, I'm sorry every time that I get caught up in it. God, it's so easy to 
because the world lives so much differently than we do and they make it seem like that's truth but it's not and so Lord I pray for everybody here Lord we want your heart we want to be your people we want to be followers of you and so Lord if there's any area in our lives where we just need your adjustment we need your correction we need your discipline Lord help us Lord I pray if there's anybody here that needs to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior maybe for the first time or maybe they walked away from God and they just they need to come back to the Lord if that's you would you do me a favor nobody looking around if that's you would you just lift your hand up and say that's me coming back to Jesus or I'm giving my life to Jesus thank you anybody else put it up high thank you there's a few in here thank you put it up high Lord I just pray for all of these decisions Holy Spirit the Bible says that when you receive and you believe and you confess Jesus as Lord you are saved and it also says that he gives you a helper the Holy Spirit to help you and so Lord I pray for all these hands and all these decisions right now Lord, give them the new life you promised, the abundant life. Help us see your heart. Help us see everything that you are. And God, you are always good. You are always graceful. You are always amazing. So right now, we pray and we just thank you for all of these hands. And Lord, for those of us, well, Lord, that we've, we're your followers, but we've gotten a little off track. Lord, we just come and we say, God, forgive us. I'm sorry. But Lord, I'm, I'm taking my steps towards you. I'm, I'm going to make the change. I'm going to make the shift. I'm going to open my heart. And Lord, I believe that the true riches are all that matters. Lord, I believe that from this day forward, you're going to use me. You're going to use the unrighteous mammon that you've given to me. You're going to use everything, Lord, because it's all about leading people to you, the Lord, the Savior of all. And so, Jesus, I just pray for every household, every person, every family, every child. Lord, use us. May we be your church that is the light of the world. God, that we're the salt of the earth. And may we tell the good news of Jesus Christ to all that we know. Lord, give us favor. Give us influence. Lord, bless us as we take steps of faith. But Lord, more than that, we just say first and foremost, thank you. We're grateful for our salvation. We're grateful for your provision. We're grateful for all that you've given to us. And we honor you with it all. And everyone said...